Good morning and welcome to my podcast on www.garinigeopolitics.com. My name is Dr. Jonathan Gariani. I'm an academic scholar who specializes on the diplomatic history and issues pertaining to geopolitics in the Middle East. Uh, in this podcast, we'll discuss issues pertaining to geopolitics and international affairs, such as Arab-Israeli normalization, the Israeli-Palestinian conflict, Iran, and so forth. Now, since the establishment, now today, in today's podcast, we will talk about the you know, looming normalization of relations between Israel and Saudi Arabia, and whether there is ground for uh, major improvement of relations between the two states. In uh, the first part of this podcast, we will discuss the historical background of how Israel uh, interacted with Saudi Arabia. The second, uh, the second part of, the, of this uh, presentation will uh, tackle the uh, post-JCPOA or Iranian deal rapprochement between Riyadh and Jerusalem. And finally, the last part of this presentation, we will talk about the current situation on the ground and the looming normalization process between Riyadh and Jerusalem. So. Since the establishment of Israel in 1948, Saudi Arabia and Israel never have formal diplomatic relations until today. Saudi Arabia, Saudi Arabia have always upheld the Arab uh, League boycott of Israel and refused to engage with Israel diplomatically. Nevertheless, over the years, interests between the two countries have converged between Riyadh and Jerusalem, uh, as uh, demonstrated by, the, by their converging, by the support of uh, North Yemen against the Nasserite-backed South Yemen. Indeed, Kamal Abdel Nasser supported South Yemen, while the Saudi Arabia and the conservative Arab monarchies supported North Yemen. And Israel and Saudi Arabia covertly cooperated uh, on, this, uh, on this issue. And uh, moreover, when King Faisal met uh, with John Fitzgerald Kennedy in uh, 1962, uh, he, did not, he did not actually bring, the, bring up the arms sales to Israel that the United States was about to, to reach. I mean, the United States reached uh, an agreement with Israel on arms, on the major uh, arms sale to Israel, the Hawk missiles, the Hawk uh, missile defense system. And uh, King Faisal never brought it up and in fact focused more on the threat uh, that Nasser uh, represented to his country and uh, criticized John Fitzgerald Kennedy uh, appeasement policy towards uh, towards Nasser, which in fact is uh, very similar to the current situation uh, when uh, when uh, Saudi Arabia criticized the Obama administration for uh, appeasing Tehran. Um, nevertheless, Saudi Arabia and Israel uh, collided once more in 1973. So, sorry, can can uh, can I stop now? Sorry? Sorry? Yeah, yeah, I can. I can. Uh, sorry, I had a little problem. Um, can, can we stick to the first one? I think it was good. Uh, okay, do you want to do another take? Uh, I don't know because I, I think the first one was okay. Whatever you want, you have another uh, 23 minutes. It's a lot of time. Okay, so I think I'll have another take. Okay, you can stop.
Okay, good morning and welcome to my podcast on www.kainigeopolitics.com. My name is Dr. Jonathan Gaiani. I'm an academic scholar who specializes on um, on the diplomatic history of the Middle East and issues pertaining to geopolitics. In this podcast, we will discuss issues pertaining to geopolitics in, and international affairs, such as Arab-Israeli normalization, the Israeli-Palestinian conflict, Iran, and so forth. Uh, in today's podcast, we will be talking about the normalization of relations between Israel and Saudi Arabia. The first part of this uh, episode will discuss the historical background of uh, Saudi-Israeli relations. The second part of this presentation will tackle the post-JCPOA or Iranian deal rapprochement between Riyadh and Jerusalem. And finally, we will be talking about the looming normalization between Saudi Arabia and Israel. So s since 1948 and the establishment of Israel, Saudi Arabia don't have diplomatic relations. Until today, is Saudi Arabia refused to recognize Israel uh, right, I mean, uh, right to exist and diplomat and uh, refused to engage in diplomatic relations with the Jewish state. Saudi Arabia have always upheld the Arab League boycott of Israel, but nevertheless, over the years, interests have converged between Riyadh and Jerusalem. Uh, already in 1962, both Saudi Arabia and Israel supported North Yemen against the Nasser-backed South Yemen. Both countries considered Nasser Nasser's pan-Arabist policy as a threat to the region. And, um, there, and also during a visit, during King Faisal's visit to the United States, uh, instead of bringing up the, the uh, new arms sales to Israel, uh, King Faisal never brought up this issue and instead focused on uh, the threat of Nasser to, to the region. And uh, uh, King Faisal even criticized John Fitzgerald Kennedy's appeasement policy towards, uh, towards Nasser, which, which is very much similar to, um, to the Saudis' criticism of Obama's appeasement policy towards um, Iran. Uh, but nevertheless, the, um, Saudi Arabia participated in the Yom Kippur War. Their involvement in the war was um, token, but nevertheless, uh, the, uh, the um, Saudi, Arabia, Saudi Arabia imposed an economic embargo against the United States to punish um, the United States' support for Israel. Um, and in 1979, when Israel and Egypt signed the Israeli-Egyptian peace treaty, Saudi Arabia not only rejected the deal, but uh, along with most of the members of the Arab League, uh, severed diplomatic relations with uh, Cairo. Uh, now, the reason is not that it's not due to the fact that the Saudis were against peace uh, between Israel and the Arab states, but they favored a comprehensive Arab-Israeli uh, accord as opposed to uh, a separate bilateral agreement between Israel and individual Arab states. And in that context, the Saudis put forward a plan called the Fakhad Plan, which for the first time entailed the end of the state of war between Israel and the Arab states, should Israel withdraw from all the territories and accept the right of return, which of course was not acceptable for Israel. Uh, and uh, the plan was never accepted as a basis for, for, for discussion. But nevertheless, it showed that Saudi Arabia uh, became a major regional player in, in the region, as it was... Uh, uh, demonstrated by uh, the uh, economic um, the uh, economic embargo of uh, all embargo against the United States and its uh, in its its uh, first diplomatic initiative. Uh, but the Gulf War again in 1991 would highlight a major convergence of uh, interests between Saudi Arabia and Israel uh, for the first time um, when when. Uh, yeah, like, uh, um, 
Iraq Saddam Hussein invaded Kuwait. Um, Arafat supported the uh, uh, the Iraqi invasion of Kuwait, and in fact, Ben Bandar bin Sultan stated that uh, he will never for, uh, forget who acted as an ally and who acted as a foe uh, during the war, which means that uh, he uh, praised Israel's decision to restrain, uh, as Yitzhak Shamir decided not to uh, not to retaliate against uh, Iraq when they fired 39 missiles at Israel, given the fact that it could break up the Arab coalition. And Bandar bin Sultan, the then uh, Saudi ambassador to the United States, was very much pleased with Israel's decision. And in fact, uh, lambasted the PLO, and Saudi Arabia would eventually cut off funds to the PLO and cut off ties with, uh, with that organization. Uh, and in 1993, 1994, Israel signed the first the Declaration of Principle with the PLO, and in 1994, the Israeli-Jordanian peace treaty was signed. But nevertheless, Saudi Arabia was not uh, did not normalize relations with Israel. They did, nevertheless, uh, took part in the multilateral negotiations of the uh, which were uh, which were included in the Madrid uh, peace process. And these negotiations uh, included uh, issues pertaining to regional issues such as water, environment, refugees, arms control, arms controls, and in and economics. Um, but nevertheless. Saudi Arabia, again, would be at the forefront of the diplomatic initiative when they put forward the Arab Peace Initiative, which stipulated that uh, the Arab states would enter into normalization of relations uh, with Israel should Israel withdraw from all the territories, including East Jerusalem, and agreed, and, uh, agreed to adjust an agreed-upon solution to the, um, to the refugee issue on the basis of Resolution 194. Um, Israel welcomed the initiative but uh, refused to endorse it, given the fact that uh, it was seen at, at uh, this stage as a diktat by Israel and uh, included unacceptable language on refugees. Um, but um, nevertheless, the fact that for the first time Saudi Arabia became committed to the, re to the recognition of Israel should, of course, it withdrew from the territories, means that there, there were a shift in uh, we had policy towards uh, towards Israel, and it, it was at, the, at this at this stage it was considered as a major game changer in terms of Saudi foreign policy. Uh, now I will uh, talk about the situation, the post the post Iranian deal rapprochement between Riyadh and Jerusalem, and what we can say is that despite the lack of formal ties between Israel and the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia, covered relations emerged as a result of the signing of the JCPOA, or Iranian deal. Riyadh rapprochement towards uh, Israel has changed significantly in, in uh, recent years, and it was as demonstrated by the many interactions between Saudi and Israeli uh, former officials. For instance, General Anwar Ashki met with uh, Knesset members. He visited Israel and uh, met with Knesset members. And he praised the, uh, the blossoming ties, covered ties between Israel and Saudi Arabia, but nevertheless stated that Saudi Arabia will not normalize relations unless Israel accepts the Arab Peace Initiative. Um, also, there were meetings between Turkey Al Faisal and many, uh, who was the former US uh, Saudi ambassador to um, the United States. And um, again, he said that there is a lot of potential for Israeli norm Saudi normalization, but again stated that so the Saudis will not normalize relations unless Israel accept the Arab Peace Initiative. And until today, 
Saudi Arabia have uh, not uh, joined the Abraham Accords with countries and in, no and, uh, in normalizing relations with, uh, with Israel. But this, this might change given the fact that uh, Mohammed bin Salman is uh, on a different, uh, uh, I mean, he's supporting a totally different approach and he seems keener to cooperate with Israel. Um, his father, on the other hand, supports uh, the Arab Peace Initiative and is uh, very much supportive of, an, of a more dogmatic view on the, uh, which uh, entailed that, that there would be no normalization of relations between Israel and Saudi Arabia unless there are substantial progress in the peace process. Uh, now this is, the situation is changing rapidly and cooperation uh, under the radar, of course, remains significant and is increasing over time. And um, There is no doubt that Mohammed bin Salman is actually a key player in this rapprochement between Jerusalem and Riyadh. And the major actually driver which led to this rapprochement between, between Israel and Saudi Arabia is undoubtedly the Iranian nefarious activities in the region, the fact that the Saudis have been fighting a war against uh, the Houthis uh, in, uh, in Yemen. And uh, both countries have similar interests, similar desire to uh, deter and put an end to uh, Iranian influence in the region. And also very important, we need to emphasize the fact that the Saudis' uh, pop population is more, uh, more, more ready to accept uh, normalization with Israel. MBS have significantly uh, shifted the um, uh, Saudi policy toward Israel. In the press, the, the, press, the, uh, the Saudi press became more, much more appraisal of Israel uh, policy against Iran, and uh, they became much much less critical of Israeli policies, and therefore we can expect normalization of relations at some point in the future. Now, to, I will be addressing the final point of my uh, presentation, and that is the um, uh, President Biden visit to Israel and Jeddah, and how these uh, small steps, steps that were announced is indeed a major game changer in the region. So during President Biden's visit to Israel, uh, the Saudi foreign minister announced that, I that uh, access to Saudi airspace will be, op will be open to all airlines, including Israeli ones. This agreement uh, opening Saudi airspace to all uh, Israeli airlines and the looming deal that uh, might enable direct flights between Israeli and Saudi Arabia for Isra Israeli Muslims' uh, pilgrims to the Hajj is indeed uh, a game changer in the region and have the potential of uh, changing the entire geopolitical landscape. Israel is now becoming more integrated in the region. And President Biden and his team are working on a roadmap to set up a process of normalization of relations between Saudi Arabia and Israel. But uh, still, Saudi Arabia is still unlikely to join the Abraham Accords and establish full diplomatic relations with Israel, as reiterated by his foreign minister, uh, Adela Joubert, uh, during a CNN interview, when he stated that um, Saudi Arabia will only normalize relations with Israel unless, uh, without normalized relations with Israel, unless Israel accepts a two-state solution and the Arab Peace Initiative. Um, this, uh, additionally, there is a looming agreement also on the uh, two islands in the Strait of Tehran, uh, the, the islands of Sanafir and Tehran, which um, were part of Egypt but were ceded to uh, Saudi Arabia. and. Under the Israeli-Egyptian peace treaty, these islands were demilitarized and a multinational force was uh, deployed there to maintain the peace treaty. 
and also they are quite important given the fact that under the Egyptian-Israeli peace treaty, uh, there is there must be free navigation uh, for all ships, many Israeli ships in the Strait of Tehran. And under the agreement that was signed between Israel, the United States, and Saudi, Egypt, and Saudi Arabia, um, the multinational force or the observation force will be withdrawn, but the islands will be demilitarized, and um, Saudi Arabia will guarantee freedom of navigation in the Strait of Tehran, which is, again, very important as it uh, shows Saudi Arabia, Saudi Arabia commitment to peace in, uh, in the region. Additionally, there have been uh, reports that uh, um, Israel and the Arab states are engaging in discussions to uh, establish a missile defense partnership against uh, Iran. And indeed, Biden uh, spoke about it and stated that uh, the United States is working hard on it to make sure that uh, Israel and uh, the Gulf states, uh, as well as uh, uh, Iraq, will have a significant uh, uh, missile defense systems to protect themselves against Iranian uh, UAVs and ballistic missiles. And in fact, the fact that Israel was uh, become a member of CENTCOM, which is the U.S. presence in the Middle East, U.S. military presence in the Middle East, uh, significantly announced that, pro that prospect. And recently, the um, Israeli Navy participated in a large-scale naval drill, which involved uh, the Israeli Navy, but also Saudi navies and other Arab uh, uh, navies as well. Israeli chief of staff is, al is also reported to have attended a meeting with his Saudi counterpart in uh, Sharm el-Sheikh last month. So, yeah, the uh, the fact that Saudi Arabia and uh, Israel have, are not cooperating on uh, issues pertaining to security and defense is significant. And um, been they have been reports that Saudi Arabia and Israel are on the verge of signing a major arms contract involving the sale of uh, state-of-the-art Israeli anti-ballistic missile uh, technology. And that will mark, indeed, a new chapter in the blossoming uh, ties between Israel and, and the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia. So will there be normalization of relations between Saudi Arabia in the near future? Uh, I don't think it will... Um, it will happen in the near future, given the fact that um, the King Salman, as I've mentioned in this in, the, in this presentation, is committed to uh, the more dogmatic Arab policy towards Israel, which is not to normalize relations with the Jewish state unless Israel withdraw from the territories. Uh, but Mohammed bin Salman is on a totally different line, and once he um, was once he actually replaced his father as the uh, kingdom of uh, as, as the king of Saudi Arabia, we could expect uh, a new momentum in the Israeli normal Israeli Saudi normalization process. So uh, yes, I, I believe that Yair um, uh, Lapid and um, President Biden are right. It will be a slow, step by step, gradual approach to, uh, process, but nevertheless, it will bear fruits, and we can expect uh, normalization at some point in the future. So once again, I would like to thank you, the listeners, for listening to this uh, podcast episode and hope to that it was informative and that you enjoyed it. Uh, I would be happy to respond to any comments via email and I look forward to seeing you uh, in the next episode on another, on another fascinati fascinating lecture on a geopolitical subject. Thank you very much. Is it okay? Yes, we got it. You think it's better? The, which one do you think is better, the first one or the second one? Uh, in my opinion, the second one, but uh, it's up to you. We'll get both. Okay. So you can decide. Great.